Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Humans of James River. I am your host, Ava McHugh. Thank you all for listening, for tuning in weekly, and for following me on the Instagram page as well as the website. Um, As a thank you to all of you, um, I will be doing a giveaway each week following the posting of the episode for various different types of gift cards. This week, I'm giving away a $15 Fandango gift card. The um, directions for the giveaway will be posted, so make sure you're following at Humans of JRHS in order to see the directions and have a chance to win. This week is Eating Disorder Awareness Week, and this episode shines a light on the fact that there are many different kinds of eating disorders, and they come about for many different reasons. Um, it's a great reminder that mental health, mental illness, eating disorders, situations, everything can be different from person to person. And please, listeners, take this as a reminder to be kind to everyone, including yourself. Today, you'll be hearing from an 18-year-old girl. I grew up in a family that was really centered around food. And because my family was Italian, even when I was just like starting off, I learned how to cook and I learned that like my family values of food were, they were just so important to everyone in my family. And because my dad was in the military, we moved around a lot. So we had relatives and close friends in a lot of places. And the one thing that really brought us all together was the food aspect, because again, my family just loves food. Um, and I think when I was little, I kind of started noticing that like I was different and I had a different body type from a lot of my classmates, probably in elementary school, um, because I remember that one of my best friends was way skinnier than I was. and. The first thing I remember that really started my journey with my struggle with my body is when um, this boy who we both liked in fifth grade told her that he didn't like me because I wasn't skinny. And after that, I really started criticizing like the way I looked and how I looked different than everyone else. And I think that kind of is what started like those eating disorder thoughts at a really, really young age for me, because even my sibling and my mom and my dad were all extremely active and they would work out six times a week and they had these like amazing bodies for like parents and like even for my little sister. And I just grew up around like this culture that was obsessed with food but also like was obsessed with exercise and they would be constantly eating and constantly exercising and like they would never complain about their bodies like they were so happy because they worked for it but i felt like what i had was so much different than my family um and so much different than my friends that even like in middle school when i started wearing jeans that were like women's sizes I already felt like I was different because I was like no one else is like wearing a size seven women's in middle school like something's wrong with me um and then when I got to middle school 
I remember like a lot of the other kids just making fun of like what I wore and like the way things looked on my body and I've always had this I've always hated my legs like I hate the way my legs look and I hate just like the way that they're built and that's always been one of my greatest insecurities so there would be like days that I would wear multiple layers of pants so that like people couldn't see what my actual body looked like because I was so insecure about it and in seventh grade my dad made this comment this like offhand comment to me that I need to start working out because I was looking a little chubby and I was like 11 and I was already like at that point kind of starting to read those like Max 17 magazines and all those like talk about healthy eating and like healthy exercise and I think that there's such this huge diet culture that gets drilled into kids at a young age especially through social media and starting to see that stuff I like started having more and more of these thoughts like something's wrong with me because I don't fit this body standard that like is pushed onto people at a young age and even at age 11 like I was seeing these people who were tall and skinny and thin and were like size two and I already weighed more than them at 11 and I was like something has to be wrong with me so I started cross country and at first I thought like that running was amazing because it was kind of an outlet for me and I felt like when I ran, that would justify me eating. So if I didn't run, then I didn't eat. And if I ran, I could eat more to the point that I would binge because I'd be so hungry when I didn't eat. And it got in this really unhealthy cycle, but my parents seemed so happy because I was finally like, I liked a sport and I was continuing to do it and I wasn't quitting and like I was good at it because it was my first year and I was like, the second fastest on the team for girls and they're like oh this is like this is your sport this is what you're meant to do and even though like it was hard and I didn't really like it because again I didn't like that I had to wear clothes that were like revealing I just felt like this is what's going to make me skinny and I just didn't realize that my body type has never meant to look like supermodels or like never meant to look like that, that I just have a much curvier body, even middle school. Um, but that's really what started my eating disorder behaviors was in seventh grade. And then on to eighth grade, I started some behaviors that were really, really bad. And I would get into different dieting trends. I would only eat spinach for a week. And then I would go in the bathroom and like purge because I was so hungry that I'd eaten like 10,000 calories the night before and I didn't remember. And I felt so guilty because I felt like even though I was eating nothing but like vegetables during the week and then random 10,000 calories, I felt like I still had to like burn those off because I, I felt like I was going to be fat. And because my body type was different than my mom's, I remember even when I went to see my grandparents one of my uncles commented like you're looking a lot beefier than your mother and i remember saying like like i'm doing literally everything i can to like not be fat and like everything i'm doing is not working 
So I started running more and more to the point where I was running 13 miles a day and I was consuming like less than 500 calories, but it wasn't having an effect on my body because I would black out and have these binges. And then like my parents just didn't know because it looked like my body was the same. And that was the biggest thing is that no one knew I had an eating disorder because I wasn't skinny and I didn't look any different than anyone else. I look like I look my whole life. And, um, I just, over time, I just, I remember cutting more and more foods out of my life and these things that I love, like ice cream and pasta, I remember them becoming like these fear foods for me that when I see them, I would have anxiety attacks and be like, I can't eat that because I know it's going to make me fat and I would associate food as bad and good. In fact, and food doesn't have, like, it doesn't have a moral standing. It's not bad and good. Food is just food. It's just calories and it's just something that's going in to nourish your body. But with an eating disorder, you literally see that food has, like, a moral, like, thing that it upholds. And I saw all these foods that I once had enjoyed, even fruits and things that society says are healthy, as, like, they have sugar, and sugar is bad, therefore I can't eat them. And, like, things like oatmeal, or things that we, we think are healthy, like, I would say, oh that has like calories and calories are bad, even though calories are essential to live. It just, my mind became so, so distorted. And there was one day when I was running home um, in eighth grade and I had not eaten anything for like almost a week before. And I remember my vision going really, really blurry and I just like blacked out and fell on the side of the road. And I just like, woke up like three minutes later and I just kept running and I ran like another seven miles and I got home and I like fell down on the floor and I couldn't walk and my parents didn't think it was anything like with my body or like with my not eating because they didn't know but they said you know maybe you should take a break from running like maybe we don't want to run that much anymore and I kind of just I never really told them about like what had happened because I had I had been telling my mom like oh I'm hanging out with friends after school and then I'm running some and she didn't really realize that running had become like this addiction of mine because running and like releases those endorphins like and it's it's literally like a drug and I had really bad body dysmorphia so even though like I know that my body was changing because of running. I just saw myself getting bigger and bigger. So that's why I would like cut my calories more and more. And um, it just got to the point where like I couldn't walk and I couldn't get up in the mornings. And it was so, it just hurt like to go to school to do simple things. I couldn't bend down because it felt like all of these like joints and like muscles and my legs just were not working how they, should and I knew something was wrong but my dad had also said that he didn't believe there was anything wrong with me and that I just need to keep running and I keep needing to work out because I was still chubby and I think what finally got them to notice something is when I just could not walk anymore and I just like I sat down I said I can't I can't walk and they took me to a specialist and they said well you have like 
plantar fasciitis, you have tendonitis in both your hips, both your knees, and both your ankles, you have, like, shin splints, and you have two stress fractures, and, like, I'd been running on that for, like, six months, and it had gotten so bad that, like, I did not even feel the pain of it, I just felt the pain of, like, I need to, like, run, because I need to run to eat. So, after eighth grade, I kind of stopped running after that period of recovery because I could not, like, I couldn't walk for a few weeks and then without help. And then I just could not do any kind of running exercise for eight months because there were times I would, like, sneak out in the middle of the night and try to go for a run. And I would, like, injure myself again. So it would take even longer for me to recover. Um, and... I think after those eight months, I kind of realized, like, this is probably not the sport for me because obviously this has some kind of, like, addictive chemical that I'm, like, addicted to and I can't. It was just making such bad eating as habits. Um, and then I went into high school and my dad, again, made comments about my body and it was at that time that I kind of started developing a figure that was, like, not normal for, like, my family, I guess. And, um... I was, like, receiving a lot of unwanted attention from, like, men and women, even when I, like, went downtown or, like, went to the gym. It was just, like, I couldn't work out or just do anything because people would make comments about, like, what I look like. Um, so that was kind of a point where I was like, okay, maybe, like, maybe this is just me being fat again and I need to do something about it, so... I joined another sport, um, crew, and when I did that, I kind of felt like I had fit in more because I was meeting these girls who were also having these similar, like, I guess, eating disorder behaviors as me, um, and so throughout ninth and 10th grade, I really felt like, okay, these people, like, understand me, and they understand like what I'm feeling and although I would go through periods of like restricting and like dieting I would always I mean I'd relatively say around the same weight and if you look back at my like weight records you can see the periods of like when I was dieting because I would lose like 20 pounds and then I gain it right back because my body's meant to be at one weight and if you try to change it your body's just going to go back it's just how it is um and then in 10th grade, I had a really traumatic event happen in my life um, where I had to move out of a really unsafe situation in my home. And when that happened, I kind of spiraled again because I felt like this situation was partly my fault and it had caused my family to break apart. And um, even though it wasn't my fault and it was super unsafe and I'm glad that my mom and my sister were able to get out of that issue. I just felt like it was my fault because the person that had perpetrated those actions against my family um, blamed it all on me because he believed I was a conspirator and that I had like wronged him and that I should not have been born because I had all these like malicious intents. And um, when this happened, I kind of went back to, like, the running and, like, the eating disorder habits. And not only did I go back to those, I also started having these, like, 
self-harm tendencies um that just made it like worse and worse because those combined with like my anxiety and I had like OCD at that time um would just I wouldn't I didn't go to school for like 25 days of my sophomore year because I would just not be able to get out of bed because I hadn't eaten I was like I just could not function and I was going to school and I was seeing these people and like these people did not know anything was wrong with me and I felt like I couldn't really tell my mom because my mom was dealing with this difficult situation with the rest of my family and I felt like I had caused it so I felt so alone and like abandoned because my sister had like completely shut me out during this time because I think she partly blamed everything that happened on me because I was the one that stood up to this perpetrator and even though what this person did was wrong I think in a way like a lot of my family still blames me for just tearing everything apart um so when I went back to like doing this these behaviors because of everything that had happened I like it just became so much worse and that's when I became anorexic um and I would obviously anorexia you eat and then you will purge later and that along with bulimia um and binging and then also working out for like two hours a day it just it was it took up all my time and one the largest thing with eating disorders is that like you're constantly thinking about food so even when I wasn't eating I wasn't hungry and I wasn't working out I was thinking like what is my next meal going to be what can I do to limit my calories at my next meal like what is good to eat what is bad to eat and there were like four foods that I would eat and when I eat them I would just throw them back up and then I would like I just it was so bad I don't know um I just felt like such a broken person because with my eating disorder and my like self-harm I felt like that was really the only thing I control in my life and I was like if I can control what goes inside my body and like what my body does then that is one more thing that I can like take control of and that's just what eating disorders do to you and since I had had those thoughts since fifth grade I felt like the eating disorder was really my best friend and it was like someone that was with me that no one else understood and I had not even told my closest friends that I had an eating disorder because when I talked to people they saw me as this this girl who like liked to work out and was super healthy and I was like this eating disorder is part of my identity it's like how people see me and if I throw that all away then I'm not me anymore like I am eating disorder I'm just this girl who's like addicted to working out and I'm addicted to like eating healthy and like that's all people see me as even in my first couple years of high school that's what people that's what people saw me as like because they saw me at the gym or they saw me at school they saw what I ate for lunch and it was at that point that I just completely stopped eating in front of people because I could not stand like if I brought something that people thought wasn't healthy I couldn't stand the judgment that they would pass against me of like what I was eating um and when I 
continued to do this, it just led to more and more, like, self-destructive behaviors, and, like, it became so bad that there was a few times where, like, my mother became aware that I was trying to take my own life, and, um, I had to just, like, stop going to school for a while and kind of reassess, like, what what my life meant because I mean at that point it felt like I had nothing like I wasn't even living in a house I was I felt like so so lost because everything I had was completely gone and my friends didn't really know what was going on because I felt like really my only friend was my eating disorder and like my my habits that all these really bad habits and I guess what really made me come to terms with it and like finally wanted to start doing something is one night I was just like sitting down at dinner and my mom had made pasta and like I said my family is Italian she will spend hours making like homemade pasta and I just like pasta has been even when I was little it was my favorite food and there was just like something in me that was like I really want to eat this but like I physically cannot like I looked at it and I just like threw up like I like, because I wanted to eat it, but, like, my body physically was not able to, like, look at that and, like, process that that was there. And I was just, like, stood there and I was just crying. I was like, I don't know what to do. Like, I am literally a slave to my eating disorder. Like, it controls me and I cannot do anything to stop it. And a lot of people think eating disorders just impact, like, like what you eat and, like, what you wear. But it it completely... It, will rule your mind and like it was all I thought about 24 7 I couldn't sleep because of it I couldn't interact with people because of it and every little comment I would scrutinize because I would think people are judging me people are looking at what I'm wearing and what I'm eating and what I'm doing and I can't just like be myself because that eating disorder is who I am um and once I finally told that to her I think she kind of said okay we have to do something about this because I had had it for almost eight years by then, and it was really the first time I had said, like, look, look at all these, like, things and culminated together. I think this is what they are. And I wasn't even sure at first, and I didn't want to tell her because I thought I didn't have an eating disorder. I thought, like, oh, my symptoms aren't, like, this bad enough to have an eating disorder. Even my dad said, you're not skinny enough to be anorexic. And... Obviously, my doctor was like, you don't have to be skinny to be anorexic. You don't have to be skinny to have an eating disorder. But I don't know. After that, just, like, finally telling someone and having the ability to, like, open up and be like, okay, this is the eating disorder. I was like, is part of me, and I don't know how to get part of me out of it. It was, like, almost having, like, split personality disorder because it's, like, there's you, and you're, like, 20% of your brain, and then, like, eating disorder is like 80% and it's like controlling everything you do in like every part of your life so obviously since then that was last year when I told her that um and since then it's just been a time of recovery for me and a lot of doctors say that the amount of years you had your eating disorder it will usually take double to recover so for me, that would be 16 years now to recover, which is <laughs> a really long time. Um, I guess it's, it's really just a process and 
the biggest thing I've learned is that like what everyone puts out there about bodies is just so so wrong and like there is no one body type that is right and you can look through the centuries and see that like every decade there's been an ideal body type and like it's always going to change and eventually it will probably be the one you have like it's just so people have this image of like what they want to be but they you are predestined to look the way you are and like even if you think you're fat you are like it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside like your inner health like your inner well-being your mental health are so much more important than like what what you look like on the outside and like people really immediately judge people based on what they see on the outside and i know it's people always say don't judge a book by its cover but everyone does it because it's human nature but in the end like it really does matter like what is your health and like your well-being because what's going on inside is really what is healthy and what is good i think like that is such a good reminder for people who have eating disorders and people who don't like there's i'm pretty sure for every single person there's been a day when you look in the mirror and you don't feel good mm-hmm. um and i think it's so important to remember that like you said you know your your body is made to be the way that it is and there's always going to be a different ideal body type and i think that's something that we often forget is like especially as teenagers like coming into our own it's so easy to forget that um and every single eating disorder looks different and especially yours you know eating disorders can include eating a lot and not eating a lot and having that exercise addiction and stuff like that and when you see somebody you know it's not always oh these super skinny bone skinny people are the ones that have the eating disorders um so because of this it's probably often that people obviously like you said people don't really know that you have an eating disorder and you hide it a lot how would you say that it feels when people don't know that real version of yourself i mean for me now that like i do have some people that know it and that i've shared that information with they're much more supportive because they obviously they wouldn't have known if i if i never said anything and I think that if someone does have an eating disorder, it is usually easy to identify, but a lot of times people choose to ignore, like, the signs of it. Um, and the same with, like, anxiety and depression. People will choose to ignore the signs of it because we want to see the best in people. We want to think that there's nothing wrong with them. Yeah, and some people don't don't know the signs as yeah. well. That's a big part. It's like, yeah. maybe if some of the people, you know, some people in the listeners' lives have similar signs, but if you aren't educated about how different it can look for every Mm -hmm. single person it's really really hard that's not something you're necessarily taught in a class or something like that that somebody could be addicted to exercise Mm -hmm. rather than drugs right it's kind of and it's like i mean especially with the exercise thing like that was something before i realized i had it literally last year i did not like think that that was a thing and then when you look it up online you're like or like actually go to the doctor don't just look it up on, like <laughs> like webmd but um like if you research it then you do actually find that this is like a real thing and that like body dysmorphia and like just not actually seeing who you are in the mirror like there were literally days i would look at myself in the mirror and like people don't understand this if you've never had it but like you will 
see something completely different than is what's actually there because your body, your mind will like distort what is there because it wants you to do something to like rid yourself of what it thinks it has. I don't know if that makes sense, but shit, like you will see that there are so many people that experience like the exact same thing, especially people with eating disorders that they feel like the only way that they can eat is if they exercise. And I think even now, like we're taught that, oh, if you exercise, you can eat more, which like, obviously you should, but like, it's okay. If you're hungry, you should eat. Like you don't need exercise to justify your hunger. And that was for so long. I was like, if, if I eat, I need to justify the exercise. And it's not like, obviously health is an equation, but it's also like, what do you want? Like, what is your body craving? And it's your body's signals that you need to listen to because after eight years, my body's like hunger cues and signals are so messed up and I don't know when I'm hungry. I don't know when I'm full and I don't know like when I need to eat, but you just, you need to listen to your body and your body's ultimately like, it will tell you what is right. And if you listen to it and you like are cued into what you're feeling, then if you're craving something like you should you should let yourself have that because the more you restrict yourself from having that and the more that you say like no that food is bad the more your body is going to want it yeah and i think this is you're you're an amazing person to do this podcast because everyone that i have on here is at a different stage in their journey and you are in the process of healing right now um and so after having this eating disorder that has been your identity for eight years, how have you gone about trying to find that new identity? I mean, for me, I think, like, my identity is still, like, okay, I like to cook. Like, I like to exercise, and I still do that six days a week. But, like, I do it because I love to do it, and I do it because it's an outlet for me, not because I feel like I have to do it to like eat and obviously I still have a lot of those eating disorder thoughts of like you need to work out if you want to eat today but I also I also have just felt that like I have so much more freedom because as I'm trying to slowly like make the eating disorder voice smaller and smaller I feel my own voice getting bigger and bigger so I know that like obviously I don't really know what my identity is because I feel like it was kind of like suppressed for a long time and um I'm very I'm just kind of like I just kind of do what I want right now and I'm not really I'm not really sure who I am so I'm very like just open to like trying new things and just like experimenting with like new foods and like new activities because I don't really know what I've been missing out on and the eating disorder like did that to me and now I'm just like okay, these are these things that I really love to do. I love to do, like, art and music, and, like, I love to work out, and I love to do cook and all these different things. And, like, there was a long time that I didn't even have time to do those things because I was so obsessed with food and planning and all this stuff. But now, like, I have time to let all these things flourish, and I think that is going to become my identity. When you have to deal with something on your own, um, I think that a lot of things get magnified and a lot of things are become even harder when you don't have a support system to rely on when you're in need. Um, and also, you know, you talked about how your family kind of blamed you for things that were going on and it's hard to be that person that says something. There are so many people that 
will watch things happen and there are very few people who are willing to say something and I think people don't understand the weight that those people bear when they do decide to say something um so how have you been able to you know get through this because there are so many reasons that you know it would be impossible to make it to where you are and make it to your senior year where you're doing amazing things um and you've defied a lot of the odds so um how have you been able to do that by yourself really um i mean as as i've like gotten through this difficult family situation with like an abusive family member um i have really i've kind of like rallied behind my mom because i think that she is such a strong powerful woman who's like she has really defied all the odds and even when we didn't think that we'd be able to make like house payments car payments like electricity bills she has somehow made it happen and because she and i are both ones that like said that this has to stop like we cannot keep living like this um i think that like with her support um and like just believing in myself because i feel like this is the morally like the right thing and i don't think that what i'm doing is wrong i just have been able to like get through it and even though if i did use those coping mechanisms along the way that are really unhealthy i feel like i'm a stronger person because of it and you are doing amazing things you are absolutely like incredible obviously you know you guys don't know who it is but she is absolutely incredible so how would you say that these situations have shaped you into the person that you are today um i mean i think i've become like a lot more educated about these issues like mental health issues and eating disorder issues and domestic violence issues um because a lot of people don't think that they occur like I would never think that they occur like in James River. And then when you go to a counselor and you talk about it, you're like, oh my gosh, there's so many other people that are going through this. And like, just no one talks about it. And yeah, which we laugh. But I think like, as a person that should shape me to be even more of an advocate for, um, for these causes and a lot of people i'm like a very i'm very passionate feminist and a lot of people are like why are you so involved in like feminism why do you care so much about it and i'm like well i lived with a family member who told me my whole life that like women can't do shit women can't do anything and you guys aren't powerful you can't you don't have the power to do anything because this is really a man's world and i want to be like you know what like screw you i can i can do this and like i have gotten through these issues already and I want to help other women who are going through this and other men because I think it's so it's so like I don't know how to say this um I guess it's just so like kept quiet in our society and it's just something that is does really monumentally like shape you as a person because not only are, do you identify with those issues, like that is part of your identity, you also become this completely different person when they go away. So I think that it's really like a mold and you're like breaking free from it. And so that, yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for yeah. sharing this story and for talking about things that people don't always want to tell, you know, everything about. And I think that, 
it is true you've become an amazing advocate and I think that when you see somebody that's fighting for a cause you don't always understand the reasons behind it and it's so important to you know like you said remember that there are a ton of people in our school that go through similar things and you know your story is so important and I'm so glad that you were able to tell it on you know eating disorder awareness week and for all of you who don't know who this is she is an amazing person and I'm so lucky that she did this podcast so thank you for listening